Our WNBA free agency grades roll on here at Locked on Women's Basketball. We have part two of delving out some report cards with the athletic Sabrina Merchant. And that all starts right now. Ogumbawale for the win. You are Locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello and welcome. You are locked onto women's basketball. Also, happy Valentine's Day. I'm Jackie Powell. And I am one of your hosts. I cover the New York Liberty at The Next. I help with The Next's social media strategy. And I've covered women's basketball nationally at places such as Bleacher Report, W Slam, Sports Illustrated, and many, many other places. We want to thank you for making Locked on Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by everyone at The Next, a place where we cover women's basketball all the time, and we tell the stories that need to be told every day. Also, if you subscribe to us, you can get 50% off our partner site, The Equalizer which covers women's soccer every day. And if you become a paid subscriber of The Next right now, you can get 23% off our usual price. Why 23% off, do you ask? It's in honor of WNBA Free Agency and how it has become such a fixture in the women's pro basketball calendar. Also, remember, Locked on Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. This episode is brought to you by Fan, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. During our last time together, which checking my watch, wasn't so long ago. It was on Friday and today is Tuesday. Sabrina Merchant and I gave grades to half of the WNBA teams in alphabetical order by city for the most part, assessing how they've done in free agency. We discussed the Tiffany Hayes to Connecticut trade at the top, so that wasn't completely alphabetical, but we did our best. So today, we continue on with the Las Vegas Aces, the Minnesota Lynx, the New York Liberty, the Phoenix Mercury, the Seattle Storm, and last but not least, the Washington Mystics. I do want to note that we dished out these grades before some other trades and signings occurred. This was recorded prior to the four-team trade between Dallas, Chicago, New York, and Phoenix, that was official on Saturday. This was before the sky gave up all of that draft capital. So as of now, I don't think Jewel Lloyd is being traded anywhere near the sky, which you'll see I alluded to later in the show. 
I also caught up with Sabrina and I asked her to reassess the Mercury following acquiring Michaela Onyenwede in that four-team trade, signing unrestricted free agent Mariah Jefferson, and then, of course, the potential pick swap with the New York Liberty in 2025. So after talking to Sabrina, she actually now gives the Mercury a D. I won't tell you what she gave them prior to all of this, but she gave them a D because of their 2025 first round pick swap with the Liberty. Quote, that could be messy. And to be quite honest, she's not wrong. Also, this was before Eliana Rupert was awarded to the Atlanta Dream on waivers. So why does this make sense? Well, first of all, the Fever didn't really need Rupert, and they also will be, they expect to get Aaliyah Boston as that first overall pick. Uh, LA, the next team that would be in line, they are set with their post players. I mean, you've got NECA, you have, well, NECA has verbally committed. I don't believe she has signed yet. You have Azari Stevens, Chenay has also verbally committed. And so then that leaves the dream and Dan Padover. Dan Padover is the GM in Atlanta, and he also was the one who drafted Eliana Rupert in 2021 while he was still with the Aces. This makes a ton of sense. All right, it's time to rock and roll. Buckle up for part two of Locked On Women's Basketball's WNBA Free Agency Report Card. Las Vegas Aces, where did you stand on them? Obviously, the grade might have changed since the report that uh, came out a couple of days ago about how they circumvented the salary cap. Mm-hmm. I'm curious as to how you factored that in to your grade. Yeah, so, I mean, the team is undergoing multiple investigations right now, which clarify that. Uh, their statement yesterday appeared to <laughs> misunderstand which investigation they were actually responding to. So I had a difficult time separating, you know, the Hamby situation and the pay-for-play situation from what they've accomplished as an actual basketball team. Um, in terms of the basketball makeup, I gave him an A+. Plus. They got Candace Parker. <laughs> they got Alicia Clark. I really like the fit. Uh, I don't think it's possible to say that the base, you know, the Aces haven't improved and, you know, everything just makes sense basketball-wise. But, you know, the way they got those players is under investigation. If they are going to be able to keep those players as a result of the investigation, nobody knows. So... This one I actually just had blank because I didn't know what to put, right? Like, how do I separate what the Aces are doing off the court from what they're trying to do on the court? But if we're just talking basketball, it's an A+. So for me, I gave them an A-, not only because of what has transpired in the last few days, but because... I was just very confused as to some of the decisions that they made and some of the ways in which they were managing their salary cap. So let's take a look at their cap sheet via her hoop stats. They start look at their cap sheet now and wonder how these players got signed to discounts. You know, (laughs) it's really hard. (laughs) It's like, is this why Jackie Young didn't hold out for a max offer in free agency? Oh, yeah, 165000 Yeah. Hmm. It's a good deal. 
So I, I think it's worth looking at their protected veterans. So Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, Jackie Young. This, this all makes sense so far. Alicia Clark. This makes sense. The final spot goes to Kayla George. Kayla George, a well-known member of the Australian Opals. Kayla George is the Aces' last protected veteran. I think Kayla George has been out of the league. I mean, the last time I think she played in the WNBA was on the Dallas Wings, potentially when Liz Cambage was on the Wings. Well, they so, must have gotten along swimmingly. <laughs> so they were actually quite close prior to what went on pre-Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to fact- I think that's just the cost of doing business with an international player. Like sometimes the only way you can get them to come over is by saying you'll definitely get your money. That's That's fair. I mean, you know what? I didn't think about it like that because Kayla George does have a family. She recently became a mom and obviously she's based in Australia. And I guess to be put through what Chyla Heel was put through by the Chicago Mm -hmm. sky is not fun. So that makes sense. But I think what doesn't make sense to me is how they've been talking about her. I mean, listen, I think she is, a fine role player. And I think she will be someone who can space the floor much better than Kia Stokes did. Um, but also they have re-signed Kia Stokes. Um, and not retained <laughs> Ileana Repair. No. A bit of a surprise, but. That was, okay. so you, you said it. That was the biggest problem that I've had with their off season, which is the fact that they clearly are not considering their future. They're only considering the now, which is kind of kept Asia Shepard and Kirsten Bell, you know, and I would argue that those are positions that are of greater concern than a backup center like Ileana Repair, especially when you already have Asia Wilson, who's going to be playing center for the majority of your minutes for the foreseeable future. So that's why I didn't have a huge problem with it. Like I said, you know, getting the big things right matters to me more. And when you're in this situation where you can contend right away, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm confused as to how they got Candace Parker for that little. I'm confused as to how they got Alicia Clark for that little. Well, I think we they might did it now. <laughs> I think we might know. Yeah. Um, but I think the reason why the repair decision annoyed me was because it's sort of like this is the type of player who you want to develop. She has so much promise. I mean, how long are you going to, you know, be re-signing Kia Stokes for? Seriously. Seriously. How old is Kia Stokes? She's in her mid-30s? No? No, she's not. (laughs) Kia Stokes was with Stewie at Connecticut. (laughs) Oh, whoops. That is a big faux pas on my end. Okay, so Kia Stokes is 28 or 29. Um... A lot of people know how I feel about Kia Stokes. I think she is a very good defender, is a good rim protector, but she is not a player that is made for the more modern WNBA. I think that is a way to put it. And Becky Hammond is very much a modern WNBA coach. And so 
by letting this prospect who clearly fits that model, letting her go instead of saying, hey, like you're participating in Eurobasket. Your season's going to be broken up anyway. Why don't you stay over in France and then you can come back with us next year. Mm -hmm. That is something that many teams in this league do. They hold on to international assets. I mean, the team that I cover the most closely does that quite a bit. And so it just confused me that they didn't consider that and that the only option was waiving her. But of course, we saw many days later that Rupert commented on this and she sort of said, well, listen, you know, I didn't feel like I was going to grow here, which I mean, okay, but... That's not a good sign. It's a weird thing to say, right? Because you don't necessarily just grow from minutes on the court. Like you could grow from practicing against Asia Wilson and Candace Parker. You know, like I think that's a really great opportunity to grow personally. But that is a strange takeaway for Ileana Rivera to say, like on a team where we clearly or we reportedly had such good vibes and, you know, uh, all this talent that I didn't think I was going to become a better player is... It's a weird takeaway, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess I just question Vegas's understanding of international talent and how it works and how you build those relationships. I sort of saw a similar thing play out with Lee Yuru in Chicago, where James Wade had a bit of a tantrum that she couldn't participate in the playoffs, but Han Shu could. The reason that was, was because the Liberty had built a relationship and an understanding with the Chinese national team and they laid the groundwork and they built a relationship. That's what you have to do for international players. Anyway, I mean, it helps not- when your owner's Joe side too, but like, yeah. Sure, sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. I, I am going on a bit of a rant, but I... That's why I give the aces an A minus because I'm confused. Totally fair. Totally fair. You know, listen, I love Sydney Colson. I love Sydney Colson. I think that's a great signing for culture and vibes. That mm-hmm. spectacular. Locker room chemists are important. She is probably the greatest locker room chemist in the league. So now let's move on to the Minnesota Lynx. Another team that was tough to deal with, uh, for those of you who happened to read my winners and losers column, I did put Minnesota in the losers column because they struck out on every single one of the big free agents that they went for. But in terms of grading, I don't fault them for that in the same way that I fault Chicago and Seattle for losing outgoing free agents. So I just gave them a C because I like the flyers that they took on Maya Dodson, you know, Kiana Williams, bringing Nina Milich back, loved watching her play last year. Um, and then bringing in Tef- Tiffany Mitchell is not really a needle mover, but seems fine, you know? So again, yeah, that's where I went. Straight C. I gave them a straight C as well. I was very confused by the Tiffany Mitchell signing. I was like, why two years? I was like, I was like, Reeve, you have an inefficient wing. Why are you adding another one? I know we're just about to get off the aerial powers money and just stretching it out another year. <laughs> So, but I think with the Lynx, we run into this situation where there are a lot of good role players, and then you have 
Collier and Kayla McBride. Um, and it's, it was so, I don't know if it was strange or if it was sad because I'm a very dedicated listener to the Cheryl Reeves show. And I listen to that podcast every single week. And she was very excited. She was very upbeat about how much she felt like the Lynx had to offer free agents because of the investment and the facilities that they provide. And so I'm sort of thinking, well, what happened? How did they strike out on every single one? Like She was similarly upbeat even after losing out on all of the free agents. <laughs> Just that it was a matter of timing, right? That Sloot had an opportunity to join Stewie. And Stewie obviously wanted to go to New York. <laughs> but that Stewie was somehow impressed with all of what they had to offer in Minnesota. Just not as much as she was impressed with New York, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I I think about location as well. I think that's important. But I don't know. I wonder if Reeve made a bit of a miscalculation as to why Sloot was so interested last year. And my theory is that Sloot was so interested last year because it was like, hey, I get to play with, potentially play with Sylvia Fowles in her last year. That's a huge draw. Or was it negotiating power with the Chicago Sky last year? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That you're right. That is true. There was that. It's just a theory. I haven't actually heard that. I'm just floating it out there. <laughs> no, that's fair. No, that's definitely fair. Um, but it's it's just so strange because it's like they have a lot to offer, a lot of investment, and then they even struck out on Azure Stevens, which that I thought was a target. That I was like, oh man. Azare and Nafisa again, like that duo. I mean, didn't the two of them play at UConn? They overlapped at UConn for sure, yeah. So, I mean, they even flew out to Turkey. The LA folks did not. I mean, I guess something something is something special is being built in LA, and also it's it's LA. So I guess, and you know, something I also thought about was that. Maybe the fact that the links besides Nafisa Collier and Kayla McBride, you know, free agents like to assess who else is on these these other teams. And so I don't I think it would be rude to say there were slim pickings on Minnesota, but there were other teams that maybe had players that were a little bit more desirable to play with or maybe had more. I'm not saying Nafisa Collier and Kayla McBride aren't, but the roster makeup for the Lynx was a little bit rocky in 2022, and maybe people around the league noticed that. Anyway, I think maybe this gives Cheryl Reeve potentially a better shot at landing Paige Beckers in the WNBA draft, which would be a grand slam in the great state of Minnesota. Yeah, I did check in with Paige earlier this year if she had reconsidered classifying for this draft, you know, based on Minnesota owning the number two pick, and she very clearly shot that down. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll see. I mean, trades are possible. I we'll see how the links do with this roster. And they might not be done. They don't they don't have a point guard. I'm thinking where is Mariah Jefferson going? Who was very good for them? I, I don't know. 
So we're in agreement here. We give the Lynx a C. The midway point of the season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Wait a minute. The WNBA season is happening right now? It's February. This is all about free agency. I'm confused. Oh, whoops. I meant the midway point of the NBA season. Yes, the Men's National Basketball Association's trade deadline just passed. An NBA All-Star, which will feature Diamond Shields and Enrique Agumbawale, is coming. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. So what might we see at NBA All-Star this weekend? What will the point total be? How many points will Arike and Diamond score in the celebrity game? How many threes will Luka Doncic take and make? Also, there's many more exclusive bets, like the 2x3, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We have New York, Phoenix, Seattle, and Washington. So, Sabrina, what did you give the New York Liberty? I don't really have anything to say about the Liberty. I gave them an A+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> well, as the, the person who has covered the Liberty for a while, I gave them an A. I don't know. I didn't feel like giving an A-plus to any team. Like, you know that teacher that's like, well, I don't know. I hear you. But uh, when you bring in an all-star starting five... I'm going to go with A+. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I don't know. I mean, they are, out of all my grades, they have earned the highest. Um, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm being too nitpicky when it comes to Vegas, but since I've covered New York for so many years, and if you go to their salary cap sheet, you see that not only are they planning for the now, but they're also planning for the future. And... Who knows? They might not be done either. I think what they need to do now is they need to clear some cap space in order to be able to sign both Maureen Johannes and Han Shu, which I can say are those are both priorities. So if you look at their unsigned draftees, they have Neymar Sabli, Raquel Carrera, Maureen Futo, and Sika Kone. They have almost a a starting five of prospects. And so when I was being a bit critical of Las Vegas before, this is why. Because you can you can build basically your own farm system within the 
the assets that you have the rights to. And so I just also find that the Liberty are preparing themselves to be really good now. And they also have some really good young talent that they can either trade to make cap room or B, they can bring over down the line to develop as, as role players. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but Marine Futo was pretty incredible against Avenida in EuroLeague. So she's very talented. That would make for the second Marine at some point on the Liberty, second French Marine. But um, I think also why I rank the Liberty above the Aces is because there aren't a lot of holes in the the Liberty's roster. And what I mean by that is you have role players that can be plugged in and that can, I guess, be plugged in different places. Again, I return to Kia Stokes as someone where it's like, okay, you have this one role for her. How can you, how versatile is she? Not really. I mean, when you look at their other role players, you have Mikhail Onyanwede, Dee Dee Richards, and you have Kayla Thornton. I mean, those are, I would consider, those are wings. Those are small forward wings that are very athletic. Um, I would say that Thornton and Richards, very good defenders that are very switchable. Mikhail Onyanwede, she can shoot. She can put some pressure on the rim. Defensively is a question, but there is there is versatility. There is you plug and play with some of these folks. You switch them up. You plug holes. So I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard on the aces. But listen, I didn't give anyone an A+. I think the degree of difficulty was definitely higher for the Liberty because of all of the moves that they had to make. Like I'm giving the aces an A+, for doing two things. And the Liberty had to sign Stewie, Sloot, and trade for John Quell, right? Like, I guess, I guess that's three things, but whatever. Like, it's none of those players, like, they didn't have an all-star core already within contract, right? Like, the Aces were working from a championship roster, whereas the Liberty were working from a seven seed that won one playoff game, right? So just the jump that they had to make, I think, is more impressive, even if the prevailing belief was that Stewart was going there anyway. Like, they made it impossible for her to say no. They did. They did. I mean, a few days before the announcement, I was thinking about it. I was like, I'd be quite shocked if she does pick Seattle because there was just so much more in New York for her. Mm -hmm. And that's a testament to how they set this whole thing up. So, okay. New York Liberty, A and A+. Phoenix Mercury. I gave them an incomplete because they haven't done the two biggest things, which are signing Britton Greiner and Diana Taurasi. I expect them to do so, but when, you know, the the bulk of your starting lineup is not under contract and your point guard is, uh, I don't know, is an uneven relationship with the franchise at the moment, I just feel like this roster is going to look very different than what, like, you know, the current signings look like on WMB.com. Uh, if I were to just like evaluate what they've done so far with the assumption that's, you know, Tarazi and Griner coming back, which I think is what everyone's operating under, 
I gave them a C minus because they lost Nurse. They didn't address any of the holes that, you know, existed on the 2021 team that fell short to Chicago in the finals. I like the Sophie Cunningham contract. I think she's a good player and she showed out really well, you know, especially with all of the injuries and absences they had last year. But until like the Skylar situation is addressed and, you know, we figure out what those stars are doing, because like, I know Tarazi was just joking when she said, you never know what can happen, but like (laughs) sometimes things happen. So I I started with an incomplete um, pressed. I would give him a C minus, but yeah, that's where I stood. So I also gave Phoenix a C minus. And I think for me, it's just, excuse me. I think the fact that they didn't really, it wasn't just that they weren't at the proverbial poker table, which I think you alluded to, and it was sort of why you gave them an incomplete. I mean, the fact that a lot of the folks that they have coming back are players from that very chaotic 2022 season. And so it's, it's sort of like, well, does anyone outside of that chaos want to come to the Mercury? It like, it looks like no. And so, I mean, this is a team that went through a lot in 2022. They are currently in an ownership transition. The transition has happened, but I feel like they're, because I have covered a team that has been through an ownership change, I know that there are a lot of growing pains. And so when that happens, there's a lot of uncertainty and you, your franchise becomes uncertain when free agents are thinking, okay, do I want to go to this team? I mean, I will never forget when Natasha Cloud was given an offer sheet by the New York Liberty in 2019 in free agency. And she was like, nope, I'm going back to the Mystics because the Liberty were a laughingstock in 2019. I'm not saying the Mercury are a laughingstock, but there is a lot going on over there. And I don't know. I I just don't know how any of these moves make the roster better. I think it's more just, okay, we're not getting worse right now. So I don't know how I can give that any higher than a C minus. And I'll be really curious to see what they manage to get back in what I think will be a potential Skylar Diggins Smith trade. I also will give Kennedy Carter, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to say that I think it's a bit of a problem that they do not have a first round pick in this draft. Uh, The LA Sparks were smart enough to realize, hmm, we need a first round pick. We, We are building. I don't know if the Mercury have looked in the mirror and are like, we're gonna need to start building soon. This this current state of this this team. I mean, you've heard Tarazi's playing through the Paris Olympics, so the building is far down the line. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Okay, time for the Seattle Storm. Yeah, the Seattle Storm. I gave a B minus. Uh. Mostly because I didn't think there was anything they could do to keep Brianna Stewart. 
<laughs> so it was hard for me to fault them all too much for losing her. Um, I like the contract that they gave Ezzy Magvagor. I think it's really nice when players aren't subject to these reserved restricted free agent rules. You know, like she actually got paid a year before she was mandated to. So it was nice that Seattle, with the opportunity, with their cap space, took care of her a year ahead of time. I think that's just good organizational karma, for lack of a better word. Um, I love, 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 love bringing Arella Garantes back to the WNBA. Uh, one of my personal faves when she was in LA very briefly, but she has absolutely been kicking butt over in Hungary and against real opposition in EuroLeague. So I think that's just exactly the kind of flyer that you need to take when you are a team that is, uh, you know, trying to refill a lot of talent. Um, I don't really know what to do with the Kia Nurse and Sammy Wickham signings, honestly, like they're fine players, you know, I'm sure Sammy's really happy to be back in Seattle, but like it's it's not really picking a direction if you're signing veterans like Kia and Sammy Wickham. I honestly thought Jordan Canada would find her way back here to Seattle. I thought that was, uh, you know, just like a natural reuniting. But yeah, I mean, I I just think that eventually they're probably going to have to pick a direction uh, in terms of like, do you scout the market for Jewel Lloyd? What does that look like? But you know, I, I just, I love, I love Aurelia Garantes. I love Azzy Magbagor. Mercedes Russell's coming back. So there's enough good things to like in this offseason. So I got a little funky when it came to my grade for the Seattle storm. When some background on me, when I took an astronomy class my freshman year of college, I, <clears throat> I elected to pass fail rather than get an actual grade. And so this is how I'm grading the Seattle storm. I am saying that they get a P they pass in a pass fail class because as you said before, it's really hard to blame them for this whole, is Stewie going to come back? Is she not? I, I think they, did a little bit better than the Chicago sky. I think they were a little bit more prepared in that based on their signings, they sort of, they've left the cards at the table. They're like, we get it. Our hand wasn't good enough this time. That's fine. There is a great crop of draft picks coming in 2024, 2025. Cameron Brink has a fabulous relationship with one of our staff members. Eyeball emoji, eyeball emoji. So to me, what they've done is they've sort of looked at the mirror or looked in the mirror and they've sort of said, okay, narratively, it's time for us to rebuild. And that's fine. And so I think when you bring back a fan favorite like Sammy Whitcomb, that's for the fans. That's to give them something to appreciate, to latch on to. Jewel Lloyd is really interesting because I really wonder, could they trade her to a place like Chicago that is desperate for star power? I mean, obviously, and, and Jewel is from the Chicago area. Uh, but also, again, Chicago is a place where ownership doesn't invest in players as much as a place like Seattle does. So I'm not sure there, but 
I give them a pass because they they understood the situation and they reacted. They didn't. How do I put it? They didn't react. I'm, with, I'm curious why you think the reaction is different from Chicago, because they brought in some veterans who I would argue are like not even as good as the ones Chicago brought in. So does it seem like they're deliberately trying not to be good? I mean, to me, it just seems like there's less stress coming from Seattle. Does that make any sense? Like with Chicago, it it just seems like, you know, maybe that's also because we don't hear from their front office as much as we hear from the singular front office that is James Wade. Mm -hmm. But it just impulsive. That was the word I was looking for, Sabrina. To me, the sky seemed very impulsive to me. And conversely, the storms seem a little bit calmer about their current situation. They've accepted it. They're like, okay, this this is the hand we've been dealt. And we are going to, you know, our franchise player, I mean... Not just Stewie. I'm talking about Sue Bird. Sue Bird is tired. So narratively, this makes more sense for the storm. And I think they acknowledge that. And they are, they're trying to build a team and and see what sticks. I think in training camp, they're going to learn a lot about the players they've signed. I do agree with you. I think there's a bit of a point guard issue here in that I'm not very confident in your backcourt being in our I don't think they have a point guard yet. Do did they sign um I mean they signed point guard Kia Nurse, but I don't believe that they've actually signed an actual point guard. Who was the veteran that played a little bit? They signed Turner, didn't they sign Oh, or, did they sign Bonnie Turner? I believe they did. It's okay. Not- on the her hoop stats um yeah they signed Bonnie Turner to a training camp contract so that is a potential point guard I think but so yeah I I mean I, I don't think they're done I also I hope they know that Kia Nurse and Sammy Whitcomb are what I would call secondary or tertiary facilitators not mm-hmm. primary not primary one thing I did really like about uh, Seattle's offseason, which is um, entirely irrelevant to what they're doing on the court, is uh, they um, sold some of the stake in their team, right, to raise money to build a new practice facility. And we learned that they sold it at a valuation of the team for about $150 million, which is very cool and just sets a good precedent for what values of the teams should look like around the league. So that's probably part of why I'm feeling just more generous <laughs> towards the storm. Oh, that's fair. And I also think that this was something they had to do, especially with Stewie leaving. They sort of had to show and the storm did this again in a less impulsive way than the Chicago sky did. The Chicago sky equivalent is okay. We have a new member of the ownership group that is joining us. Although she technically is not an owner yet, but she is a, like a a co-chairman, but she will be a part owner. 
this giant PR mess because Nadia Rawlinson still has to be approved by the Board of Governors. I mean, again, the Storm were very intentional with how they did this and how they were sort of able to show their fans and show the, I guess, the women's basketball world what they're doing and how they're investing. And it just was so much less messy than what went on in Chicago. Anyway, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. I get notifications every day from LinkedIn Jobs as it tells me which job openings match my skills the most. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the most qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free on linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So we move on to our final team in our grading and that is the washington mystics yeah so the mystics um you know i i think i'm a little bit uh contrary to the popular opinion on how the mystics did this offseason because i think their major signing was Brittany sykes who they ostensibly brought in to fill the role left by alicia clark in the starting lineup and while i do think that defensively she's going to be just a menace next to ariel atkins and natasha cloud it does leave them a little bit smaller on that end of the floor. Um, and I'm not sure that the offensive improvements that Eric Tebow wants to make this season are going to be as possible when you have another player like Sykes on the court, who I don't really consider a spacer. Um, and like, I know Natasha cloud is a shooter. She's told us. So obviously um, I don't think defenses treat her like that yet. Maybe that'll evolve next season, but I'm just curious where the spacing is coming from in this Washington lineup. And it might seem like I'm being extra harsh on them, but when the Mystics are trying to be a contender and, you know, they started off as the fifth seed the last season and presumably are trying to upgrade from that position, like that's the baseline from where I'm judging them. Like, did they get better relative to the rest of teams in the league? And like, they may end up in the three seed because frankly, the WNBA middle is just a mess. And I do think that they're better than most of the teams in that range. But I'm just not sure that they did enough to really compete with either of those top two teams. I'm not going to put it past, you know, the Mystics because Elena Teladon is obviously incredibly special. And Shakira Austin just seemed to get better every game I watched her play last season and has continued to do so overseas. So this one was a tricky one for me because, like, on balance, 
I like Brittany Sykes. I like Amanda Zowie-Bee. I think bringing back Story Walker-Kimbrough, Tiana Hawkins, all good moves. But I'm also not sure if it achieved all of their goals. So I went with the C+. Plus. Ooh. Ooh. I was a little kinder to the Mystics. I gave them... Initially, I gave them an A- minus because I was sort of like, okay, well, they are... Right now, they feel like the third best team in the league. And that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. No, it's but not. Then, but then when I thought about it, I was like, well, but that's because they had so much of their core signed. That doesn't really reflect their moves. And so when I thought about it more, I was like, okay, maybe a B plus is a little, makes a little bit more sense. And I agree when it comes to Brittany Sykes. I think what she accomplishes for them is she can get you going in transition, which pace wise, the Mystics struggled. And Mm -hmm. they had an excellent defense, but they could not convert that defense into offense and which was a little confusing. And so Brittany Sykes is someone who, you know, jump starts that. She is a defensive playmaker. Very much so. Oh yes. But I think the whole, the spacing of it all is very concerning. Although I will add that, Unlike the Las Vegas Aces, apparently, the Mystics value player development no matter where you are. And so the Mystics can make an argument. They can say, well, we have people on our staff and Eric Tebow and Shelly Patterson who have both been known to work with people on their shots and to fix their shots. Maybe the Mystics are betting that they can work with Brittany Sykes and fix her shot. We'll see. I don't know. But that's something that that organization has prided themselves on and that they're known for. So, I mean, I've covered Amanda Zowie B for a few years. I'm really glad that she's back in the league after just enduring something so difficult and sort of getting screwed over by the Sparks. So I'm, I'm happy to see her get a shot. I... There are some issues with her game, but if the idea is, okay, we just need a big that can space, fine. Fine. I would not put her in pick and roll, though. That's where things get a little murky. She's a big who can pass, which... Like a pick and pop for Amanda. (laughs) Oh, love a pick and pop for Amanda, but not a pick and roll. Not a pick and roll. No, no, no. So... That I liked for them. Again, I was surprised that the Mystics didn't try to get Eliana Rupert. Like, I was like, I feel like that is a team that would, I guess, value her skill set a little bit more. Especially when you're already making a deal with Vegas. It's like, throw Rupert in there and then tell her, hey, like, stay home for this season. You'll you'll come play with us next year. I, I just, I don't understand what's going on when it comes to Eliana Rupert, who I think is a really talented young prospect. And Bill Ambier knows talent. I mean, he, I give him credit for that. But um, give the Mystics a B plus because of those moves. Also, I think I've lowered it because I've thought about the fact that they were in the running for not only John Quell Jones, not only Brianna Stewart, but also Alicia Gray, who would have fit what they need so well. Ooh, so good. So good. 
<laughs> but again, to me, that shows how how the Atlanta Dream are real players here. So, you know, it was unfortunate that they lost out on Alicia Gray, who would have given them so much of what they need. So I, I think, I don't know, the, the spacing is still a concern. And I'm going to be really curious to see do their players develop in the way in which they want? And does Shakira Austin get better? I mean, I wouldn't put that past her. As, as you said, you know, she got better every single time you watched her. And I, I guess I also wouldn't, what word am I looking for? I wouldn't underestimate uh, Tebow and Sun. So, so we'll, we'll see when it comes to the mystics, but I, I definitely think for them, this was a let's improve on the fringes type of off season, which is sort of what the New York Liberty did in 2022 with Steph Dolson. So I don't want to sell like what the mystics had last year short either, because Mm -hmm. they were the only team who really gave Vegas difficulty during the regular season. Like they, set forth a defensive blueprint for how you can contain the Las Vegas Aces. And while that's different when you don't have, like, when you have Candace Parker filling in for Tierra Hamby, I still think that just that defensive ecosystem that they have in Washington is something that other teams will try to mimic at the very least when it comes to trying to stop both of these super teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's the inverse with New York because the firepower is in your front court. Mm-hmm. Um, although you know what also it, they're in Vegas <laughs> yeah. good lord that is I don't even want to think about all of that but anyway all right so that was part two of Sabrina and my free agency grades thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day join us tomorrow where Howard Megdahl returns with a very special guest and some fun news to share. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, this has been a ton of fun. I'm Jackie Powell, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and happy Valentine's Day. Welcome to Wallet. For the win! You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 